Uh, this is um, faith lesson number three. So uh, why do we study faith? Anybody have a good idea as to why faith is a good idea to study? Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's, uh, well, God's a faith God. <laughs> it, we've learned that without faith, we, we need that in order to please him. And uh, so God's the source of, source of faith, and he's made the whole, really, our entire foundation of our Christian lives was designed to be based on, on faith. So we've got to have an understanding of what faith is, we need to know how it works. Faith is a spiritual force that just activates the power of God. Faith is what brings the promises to pass. I remember T.L. Osborne uh, saying, I, I like this quote, he says, Faith is doing what God tells us to do, and then expecting the God to do what he tells us he will do. That's pretty simple. So we do what God tells us to do, and we expect God to, what, to do what he says he's going to do. That's faith. In, in the first week, we looked at it, and we saw that um, faith wasn't really a struggle to get God to do something. I know sometimes we look at that and say, oh, we have to do everything just right, and then eventually maybe we can kind of coax God into you know, bringing forth a promise. But that's not how it works. Faith, God's already moved. God has done what he's going to do. So faith takes a position of rest. Faith is confident in what God's done. And it, God gives us the ability to believe. He allows for us to have faith and for faith to grow so we can enter into the rest of God because of that. And the last week, uh, we looked at faith requires some action. Uh, it's, you know, faith says, really, I have it now. And faith's got a voice, and we need to speak out, use our voice, speak out the promises of God, speak to the mountains that are in our lives so that they'll move. In Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus established the principle of faith, which, which I think gives us insight into how to receive the blessings of God. The, the blessings that are there is God wants us to have them. I think we missed that, but it's not like... Oh, here's something that's way up high. Let's see if anybody can climb up and reach it. No, God wants us to have it. He wants us all to have it. All the promises are God. A yes and amen and there for all of us. So he says in that scripture, Therefore I say unto you, all things for which you pray, ask and ask, believe that you've received them, and you shall have them, or they shall be yours. The principle is this. We believe that we receive them in the it's past tense. We believe we already received them before there's any physical evidence, before there's any manifestation. But when we do that, then those promises are ours. Those promises come to pass in the future. Now, there's often, however, a period of time between when we believe we received and when we see that manifestation for you know, whatever we're believing for. It's during that time that we're tempted to, to waver, uh, to give up. We want it now. Oh, we didn't get it yet. Oh. But no, that's when we need to stand strong in faith, unwavering in our belief that God's already answered the prayers. Even if we, haven't, we just haven't seen it yet. 
That's when we need to have patience so that we'll receive. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.12 that we're to imitate those people in the Bible. Which ones? Through, the ones that through faith and patience inherited the promises of God. It's when the patience is added to faith that we'll remain fixed in what we believe until we receive the manifestation of it. Patience enables us to keep our faith applied until we receive the promises. So, patience is keeping our faith energized, active, useful. There comes a time in every believer's life, and probably many times, when you have to stand firmly in faith and on the word in the face of all kind of adversities or trials, that faith that we have in the word, that's what's enough that'll carry us through every difficulty which the enemy can throw at us. Faith carries us through trials victoriously if we remain patient and we don't give up. I remember my granddaughter uh, coming to me once, about four or five years old, and she says, Grandpa. I said, what is it? She says, you know what? I said, what? She said, patience. Patience takes time. <laughs> and she was so right. It does take time. That's some reason why we don't like the word patience. We really would like it now. So, but Bible speaks a lot about patience. You know, if often we're tempted to give up when things don't look like they're going right, but when patience, that's when you really need it, that's when it's really essential, that's when you gotta have it. Without patience, one would, you know, you wouldn't be able to keep your faith applied long enough to see the promise come to pass. Need patience. In Hebrews 6, uh, verses 11 and 12, it says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Those ones that have gone on before, the ones that are referring to the Bible, the ones who had the promises come to pass because they believed God and they had the patience and they persisted with their faith and then the promises came. Patience is what keeps, like I said, faith engaged until the answer to prayer is manifested you know, in, in the physical realm. So the, uh, there's a, Vines defines patience as, as follows. He says, patience is the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. It's the opposite of despondency or discouragement, and it's associated with hope. Patience enables a believer to stand until he experiences results. So when patience is added to faith, faith stays engaged, and we receive. Hebrews 10.35 and I like the Amplified Version, it says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. It's a kind of fearless confidence. It's our, it's our faith in God. It's a faith in His Word. 
It's that faith, it's that inner insurance that God's word is true and that he won't fail us. God's word never fails. So we retain our confidence in what we believe because his word doesn't fail. Even though we may be tempted, he said, don't be tempted, don't throw away your confidence. If it's not cast away, faith has great reward attached to it. That's what the word said. Standing in faith will bring to the believer all things which God has purchased for us. Because God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Therefore, we're seeking him, we're seeking his word, we're standing on his word, we're being patient and awaiting the promises to come. We see it by faith, we see it. We see it, we look at it, we rejoice in it ahead of time because surely it's coming. Because we have faith that's alive, we have faith that's applied, we have patience to use, and all of it comes by the Spirit of God and he gives it to us and we overcome. Remember the, uh, the three Hebrew children that were getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace in uh, Daniel chapter 3, and they said, Oh, our God whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the, from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand. Well, he threw them in. You figure, well, that didn't work because they got thrown in. But no, the words still worked. God delivered them anyway, even though they were in the fire. In fact, when they looked in, they weren't just three, but there was four. One that looked like the Son of God was right in there in the midst of them watching over his word to perform it, I think. But anyway, they were delivered because they trusted God. Eventually they get promoted to positions of, of authority in the kingdom. So our confidence in God is based on a revelation. We ought to know God is good. We believe that. He's faithful. We believe that. And so we stand strong in faith. We understand that God's not going to let us down if we're trusting in him. So their confidence is in God, our confidence is in God, and in the word of God. Hebrews 10.36, again in the Amplified, says, if you, <clears throat> for if you need, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what's promised. So steadfast patience, we will definitely receive all, the full, of what's promised. Patience and endurance are qualities that keep us from throwing our confidence away. I think a good example, well, it's a good example, it's an example anyway, it came up with between patience and faith. If you look at a car, <clears throat> you got brakes. Now, faith is like the brake. What's the desired revolt? You want to stop the car. So you put on the brake. Now, when you do that, do you just go tap? Oh, didn't work. Didn't stop. I guess it doesn't work. No. We need patience. Patience is the foot that goes to the brake, but it keeps pushing on the brake until the car stops. Brakes were the same. The brakes were there. They were effective. But we had here applied, in this case, like patience to our faith, Faith will bring about the desired result. So, it's like you know, putting your foot, but don't just take your foot off. Don't just believe God and, oh, didn't happen right away. Okay, forget it. You won't get anything that way. 
So patience doesn't surrender to circumstances. You know, in the midst of the trials or things that don't look like they're going right, yeah, you're tempted to give up. You know, you're tempted to to just throw it all away in in your confidence. But God's saying, don't do that. You can't afford to do that. That's not how the word works. Faith works along with patience. So when the circumstances arrive that look contrary to the word, then the enemy comes in, he tries to say, oh, forget it. You know, you're just a loser. You don't have enough faith. It's never going to work for you. Maybe somebody else. No, give up. Go to plan B if you can come up with one. No. That's what the devil does. That's what he tells us. He tells everybody that. All the time. All the time he's after to steal the word from you. To make it ineffective. If he can't keep you from getting saved, he'll try to keep you from being effective in the kingdom of God. He'll try to steal your anointing. He'll try to talk you out of the promises so you just barely squeak by. And God's here wanting to live victoriously. Hebrews 10.38 says, My righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God's got no pleasure in those who draw back, who throw away their confidence, because this is going to stop the blessings of God from coming to you. And he wants us to have the blessings. He delights, he says, in the prosperity of his servants. He delights in it when things are going well. He delights when we receive the promises of God. He doesn't want this to be a horrendous struggle, an impossibility. No. He wants us to receive those things. That's why they're there for. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So we need to stand. Stand against adversity. Just because the the promises aren't immediately manifested, that's no reason to give up. When patience keeps faith applied, the result will come to pass. But if we get discouraged, we disengage our faith, not so much. I think the day of adversity is the time in every believer's life when, what is that day? What's the day of adversity? Well, when things are going contrary, they seem to contradict the word of God, they seem to be going against what you're believing for. Sometimes called it's a trial or a tribulation or an evil day. They use all those expressions for that. In these times, the temptation actually comes to say, you know, cast away your faith, cast away your confidence. But... We're trained in the Word. We don't do that. We don't give in to that. We're not going to be shaken just because adversity comes or something doesn't manifest right away. Psalm 94, in the, again, this is in the Amplified. I think on the sheet there, it's just uh, out of uh, King James or New American Standard, I forget which. But it says, Blessed is the man whom you discipline and instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law that you may give him power to hold himself calm in the days of adversity until the inevitable pit of corruption is dug for the wicked. In other words, until the enemy is put to naught. Until the promise comes to pass. Patience has the courage to refuse what the devil, circumstances seem to be true in the natural world. We refuse that. Patience says, no, let God be true and every man be a liar. Patient knows that when it's exercised on God's word, success, success comes. So where's this source of adversity? Where's the adversity come from? Well, when faced with tribulation and trials, you know, it's important to understand that God isn't the source of discouragement, of adversity. 
He doesn't tempt us with adversity or, or calamity or, or, or things going badly. He says, it says in James chapter 1, verse 13, that no man say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. The real adversary, of course, is the devil and his demons. Satan's called our adversary because he's the one who's against us. God's not against us. God is for us. Amen. So in Ephesians 6.12, it says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual fortress of wickedness in heavenly places. It's not against people. It's not against mankind. It's against the works of the devil, demonic forces. Our adversaries are those demonic powers that try to steal the word from within us and they make us cast away our confidence. Paul goes on to say that we're to stand against the wiles of the devil, which he brings about us in the evil day. He uses that same expression, evil day. That's the time in our lives when the enemy's coming against us with lying circumstances. The circumstances seem to contradict what the word of God says. Satan wants us to buy into that and throw, throw away our faith, give up, not be patient. Jesus said that when the word is planted in a person's heart, when you got the parable of the sower, he says Satan comes immediately to try and steal what's been planted. Immediately. You get a word from God. God speaks to you. Right away the enemy will come and say, ah, that wasn't God. Or, you know, you do something wrong. Oh, God's all, the devil's all over you about that, you know. Oh, Lord, I, I confess that I'm right with God. Oh, no. God's still holding that against you. No, you're not good. You're, and that's why sin will keep us away from God and it will curry, get, you know, really make our faith struggle when God is saying, no, repent, turn around, come back to me, get in right standing with me, let me re-energize your faith and let's go on together. But the devil will say, no, no, you can't even go near God. You're going to do penance for at least six months. You've got to, you know, be perfect for a while. Then maybe God will listen to you again. All those are the lies of the devil. He tells everybody things like that to discourage them from the presence of God. And God's saying, no, come to me. Come to me quickly. Cast down those things. Let's go on. I've got a plan for you. I've got great and mighty promises. Things that I know that about you. Things I have for you you don't even know about. I want to bring them to pass. Come to me. Come to me. Seek me. So, Persecution, adversity, they, they're just trying to get the word out of you. Sometimes they come in, in physical evidence, like evidence that says seems to contradict the word, but it's nothing more than the enemy that's trying to try your faith. They're an attempt to get the word out of your heart, but because they try, they'll try, the enemy tries everything you can think of. To throw, you know, they want you to throw in a towel, they want you to give up. Convince you the word isn't working, that God let you down, God isn't faithful. Lies, lies, lies. So, the only weapons, really, that he can use against us are natural weapons. God has supernatural powers, supernatural force. Faith is a supernatural force. Satan doesn't have authority and ability to overwhelm Christians. He doesn't. It says, Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has overcome you, but such is common to man. But God's faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, 
but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. The enemy's tests are not overwhelming, they're common to man. So the devil means the devil is limited to natural means. He works his weapons against us in the physical realm. He sends thoughts into the mental realm. That's why he uses deception to accomplish what he wants to accomplish on the word. Trying to deceive us into not believing and trusting God. If you're able to supernaturally overcome Christians at will, no one would have ever gotten saved. And he would have overcome us long ago. But he's not able to do that. He can't annihilate believers whenever he pleases. All he can do is deceive people into thinking that he can destroy them and get them to throw away their faith and confidence. He, he, the enemy cannot rob a believer. He cannot rob you of your faith. He cannot rob you of your confidence. You have to throw it away yourself. And that's what he really wants you to do. So, the aim of patience is that the promises of God are manifested in our lives. Some people mistakenly think that patience is just, it's just the ability to bear up with a situation which has got no solution at all. It's just a way of enduring. That's what patience is. It's just endurance. Since there's no way out, uh, we'll just have to cope with it. That's what patience is. Thus, if you're sick, well, you just be able to cope with a disease. That's patience. That's what the devil will tell you. No, that's not patience. That's not Bible patience. But Bible patience is given so we can keep our faith engaged until the unchangeable situation changes to, by the power of God. Patience is meant to take us through adversity, not just to help us cope. Through, through, out. You're in it and you're out and you've overcome. The Bible says that God will deliver us from all our trials in this life. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul said, he has a whole list of all the trials he went through, all the many things, the adversities he faced. He says, out of them all the Lord delivered me. All these things God delivered him. Psalm 34, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We can face each trial that not only will God deliver us, but also the trial will actually develop patience in us. And when patience has its full effect in our lives, then we'd be more perfect, more complete, not lacking in anything, James says. The battleground, of course, you know, it's not an external physical battle, but the fight of faith is always in the mind. Talked about that last week. The struggle is keeping our thinking and meditation on God, on God's word, rather than just keep looking at the situation. You look at the situation, even if it's a small problem, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Pretty soon you see overwhelmed by the whole thing. But you look at God's word and what God says, you meditate on that, and the problem goes smaller and smaller and smaller because you know you can trust God for it. As I said before, the enemy's external attacks, they're just attempts to get the word out of us so that we'll give up, we'll shrink back. And he really wants to get that, that storm that looks like it's going on on the outside. Get the storm within you so that you get fearful, you get discouraged. That's what happened to the disciples when the, uh, they got into the, the boat on the Sea of Galilee and they were 
the storm came up and they got all afraid and, and didn't know what to do. And so Jesus, he was sleeping in the back. He just went ahead, woke up, looked at them, well, spoke to the storm. The storm disappeared and it was all rebuked. And yeah, it's all in Mark 4. <clears throat> they were looking at the circumstances. Jesus, no, he knew the power of God. The two major inward attacks that the devil and his demons are fear and discouragement. That's what they are. So, he'll keep trying them, trying to get you to be fearful, to be discouraged, to quit. So, the battleground is really there. Fear. Fear is kind of faith in the negative, I guess. You can have negative faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. It operates in much the same way that faith does, but you get the opposite results. Faith is our confidence in the truthfulness of the Word of God. But fear is our belief in the lies of the devil. Faith is an assurance of, or substance of the things hoped for or desired. Fear is the substance of things that we don't want. Like I said last week, we're there getting into agreement. Which are we going to get in agreement with? It? What God says? Place of agreement is a place of power. So we get in agreement with what God says. We add power and energy to the agreement. Things come to pass. But if you get into agreement with the devil and what he says, then you're adding power and authority to that, and that's a negative. And we don't want that. So, the fight, the victory is in the faith, but in faith in the spirit realm. And the fight of faith is just say, keeping your mind on God and his word. Not listen to the thoughts of failure, disaster, whatever the enemy is going to send our way. But the Bible says we keep our mind fixed on the things that are true, things that are good, things that God says. Certainly the lies of the enemy don't, don't qualify as something that, that's good. So you got fear and then you got discouragement. Just as fear is the opposite of faith, discouragement is really the opposite of, of patience. Discouragement, depression, they all go together. Despondency, you can use any one of those words. But that always grows out of a person's fear that the word of God is going to fail them. Oh, then they get discouraged, they get fearful, they get depressed. And the devil's always going to tell you, the word isn't going to work and God's going to fail you. That's what he says all the time. It's a lie. Don't listen to the lie. Listen to the word. Because the lies will come. And the devil knows what kind of lies you will tend to believe. So be on your guard when those lies come. That's a lie. That's not, that doesn't line up with the word. I cast that thought down. I do not receive that thought. I come out of any agreement with that thought in Jesus' name. The word of God says. Amen? So, it's a... Discouragement is his mind just, again, give up. And if the devil can convince you through fear that you're going to fail, then all they can do is be hopeless and desperate and fearful. And that's not the kind of life God has for us. No, we're to be bold as a lion and confident and resting in the promises of God and the power and authority of his word. Depression and discouragement, you know, they do the opposite, like I said, of what patience does. Patience lets us stand firm in faith, regardless. 
depression, once you just go back and forth and waver and cast away your faith. Now, the devil knows that he can't simply overwhelm believers. He's going to have, if he's going to defeat them in some area, he's going to use deception, like I said before, to get them to give up the fight. We only win when he convinces somebody that there's no hope. You know, he wins, rather, can only win when he convinces someone there's no hope. No answer. But if we don't allow the fear or the discouragement to come in, again, patiently stand in faith, the enemy does not have the power to manifest, you know, the answer, a negative answer. He can't stop the deliverance of God. He doesn't have that authority. So when you're faced with a trial or a test, you know, the real target is not your body, it's not your possessions. The real target is your faith and your confidence in the word. That's the precious commodity that the devil wants to steal from you. So we don't we want to make sure that the storm, like the disciples, the storm was on the outside, they looked at it. He wanted the storm to come inside. And we don't want that storm inside of us. We want the peace of God inside of us. If the storm get, has got in, then you've got to deal with the fear and discouragement. But you can. You can reaffirm your thinking. You can express yourself. You can confess the word. You can meditate the word. Build yourself up. Build yourself. Build yourself up. Drive out the fear. Drive out the discouragement. Meditate on the faith of God until the storm's no longer within you and that the fear and discouragement leave. Then you can speak to the mountain, confess the word of God the way Jesus did to the storm. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. They're kind of Four steps, I think, to follow to stand steadfastly in faith and, you know, for the things that, that we're believing God for. And uh, to stand, remain steadfast, to be unmovable. So the devil can't defeat us, he can't deceive us. First step, I think, is make a decision. What decision? Make a decision to believe you receive when you pray. And decide not to change your mind. Stay with the word. Mark eleven twenty four. Don't look to the natural to see if things are working. That's not your evidence. Your evidence is what the word of God says. The answer is yours in the spiritual realm as soon as you believe that you receive. Your evidence of the answer is God's word alone. That's what we're believing in. Make a decision not to change your confession. Until you see the answer come to pass in the physical realm, that'll be, I've got it. In fact, I've, got it, I've had it, I knew it was coming, and now I actually see it. But I knew it was coming, because God said so. Patience keeps your faith engaged. So, make a decision to win. A decision involves your will. You've got to exercise your will when you make a decision. So if you make a determination to have what the Word says, you can have it. Make a decision to stand, but you're going to come through in every trial, every adversity, no matter what. I will believe God, I will stand on it, and I will stick to it in Jesus' name. 
The second thing is, not only is to stand against the adversary. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, that he will flee from you. Too often Christians resist the word with their mouth through negative confessions. We don't want that. That way, if you do that, you're going to submit yourself to the devil by meditating on lies, and we don't want that. But we must submit ourselves to God by meditating on what he says and resist the lies and thoughts of Satan. So learn to stop worrying. Worrying is meditation on what the devil says, usually. Meditate on God's word instead. When a thought comes, you think, where did that thought come from? Not every thought comes from just you. You get thoughts from the devil, you get thoughts from God. But resist the devil by rejecting his lies, one at a time, when they come, in Jesus' name. Cast it down, reject it, come out of agreement with it. Say what God says. Give attention, that would be step three, give attention to God's word. Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 22. says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their body. So you keep the word in your heart. You pay attention to it. If your attention is on what God says, and not on the devil's saying, you can't look stuck at two things at the same time, so stick with what God says. And he won't defeat you. The devil won't defeat you. So keep the word in your ears. Keep the word in your eyes. Keep the word in the midst of your heart. If you're going to win, you've got to give attention to the word. That's for sure. So like I said, just as you can't look at two different things at the same time, you can't look at the word and the devil's lies at the same time. You're going to have to look at one or the other. And which one are you going to give attention to? You're going to give attention to the circumstances or are you going to get attention to what the devil says? If you do that, you know what happens. Fear starts to come on you and so forth. But if you give attention to the word, faith comes up in your heart. If you keep your attention on the word all the time, then you put yourself in a position to see every situation turn around through the eye of faith. That's what faith is for. We're talking about faith. We're talking about resting in God, believing God, confessing the word of God, having patience for it all to come to pass. We need it all. God's given us all these pieces to bring together so we can have victory. So, step four would be speak only words of faith. Refuse to speak words that are contrary to what you believe, contrary to what you've received. Speak words of success. Speak words of abundance. Speak words of life. Often believers are defeated because of the words that come out of their mouth. They speak only what they see. Our words must be those which affirm that we have the answer. We know in our heart that what God says is true. I trust God, I believe God, I confess God's word. So we take heed to what comes out of our mouth and we're certain that what we speak is in line with the word, in line with what we want to to come to pass. So, 
kind of in summary, I guess, um, there's never any reason for a believer to cast away their confidence in God and in his word. God's faithful, God's true, he's true to his promises, he's true to his word. Psalm 36.5 says, Thy loving kindness, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Thy faithfulness reaches to the skies. God's mercy and his faithfulness are infinite because that we know we can truly trust his word. It's worthy of complete confidence. But we need to learn to exercise patience so that our faith, like our foot on the brake, stays applied and so we don't cast away our confidence. We want to be confident. We want to be bold. God created us to be overcomers. He's for us. He's given all this stuff, all these promises to be victorious. There's so many testimonies of Christians that have trusted God, stood on the word of God, saw those things come to pass, even in the face of circumstances that looked made it look totally impossible. Yet, God's word was true, the promises came to pass, the need was met, and God gets the glory. That's the way it should be. Hallelujah. In fact, has anybody got a neat uh, faith testimony <laughs> they might want to share, encourage someone? Give you an opportunity. If, if you did, it kind of fit in here, but you don't have to. Hildy, are you a plant? <laughs> yeah, I just remember um, when we lived in Tulsa and uh, we were believing for you to have a job. And uh, we had one son, I guess, in college and uh, two house payments to make. And... Um, we had to move, but throughout that whole year that he was unemployed, we never missed a payment. We never went hungry. We never faced disaster coming upon us. It wasn't easy. Uh, most of the time I was in praise rather than faith, but God brought us through, and I believe if you're here and you've got a job situation and you don't know what's coming tomorrow, I believe God will bring you through it. Amen. It was a whole year, and then he got a job in Kansas instead of Oklahoma. So we moved to Kansas, but God brought us all the way through. Yeah. That's my faith testimony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, honey. Well, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for faith. We thank you for patience. Even though we don't look forward to patience, yet we know that through patience, faith is effective. Faith brings your promises to pass. Faith is working in our lives. I thank you, Father, that by your Spirit, you're giving us boldness. You're giving us confidence, Father. You're building our trust and rest in you. I thank you, Father, that yes, all your promises are. Yes and amen, Father. They're here for us. You want to bless us desperately, Lord. Thank you that you've given us the means. You've given us the words, Father. You've shown us what to say. 
You can look up your promises. Your word is full of promises, Father. Thank you that as we believe you, Father, believe you now, before we see anything, just because your word says so, we confess it, we're bold about it, and we're patient until it comes to pass, and we give you the glory, Father, for who you are, what you've done, and what you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.